up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Moe. I shouldn't have taken a sip. I wasn't quite ready. Hey, but you got done just in time. It still worked out great. <clears throat> but what do we do here on Team Chat Podcast? We talk about video games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also watch a video version of each episode on YouTube. A full list of where all the different places you can watch or listen to us are on teamchatpodcast.com slash listen. You can also find us on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We also have a Discord server that you can join. A lot of fun stuff happens there. Links for all that are in the description below. And finally, we're a completely listener-supported show, so if you're really loving and enjoying what we're creating for you each and every week, head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where it's for as little as a dollar a month. You can subscribe to the show, and in return, we'll give you cool perks, like getting the episodes early before its general Tuesday release, and access to a private channel on our discord server depend doesn't matter which tier you subscribe to on patreon you get access to this private channel in discord called the rogues gallery where it's just a place for all the patrons of the show to hang out and interact lots of good stuff there again we usually like we'll throw some you know if we make like a, a special video like a bonus sode patrons get early access to that on top of their early access of the normal episodes so you get behind a little extra the behind, stuff. The, behind the scenes stuff that yeah we normally don't put out publicly so this yeah. whole fiasco is probably going to wind up there yeah so probably maybe some stuff like that will I wind bet up those non-patrons too. really wish they knew what we were talking about right now as That's we vaguely true. gesture at the background That's true. If, we're wa- if you're watching on video you see what we're talking about if you're listening yeah. to the audio picture audio listeners let me paint you a picture really quick we're just looking at the studio wall talking about something that happened there like uh, a couple things might have fallen over oh, no Ezio fell over Gotta fix that real That's quick. Ezio? Yeah. Ezio Auditore. It really is? He, yeah. has a, he has a beard. Well, it's from Assassin's Creed Revelations. So it's the one where he's old and old man. Oh, okay. Older I was about man. to say, that does man. not look right. No. It's a great game. You should okay. play that one sometime. No, That's good. You. But again, <laughs> patreon.com slash Team Chat Podcast. Before we get into the main topic of the day, let's have a little bit of news. And okay. With Logan. So... Quick update for the month of May, the PlayStation Plus games for this month are actually two rock-solid ones. So kudos to Jarrett for pointing this out to me because I did not already know. Uh, so as of this episode's air date this week, uh, PS Plus members will have access to freely download What Remains of Edith Finch, mm-hmm. a much-beloved indie, air quotes, walking sim kind of game, uh, and Overcooked. What a delightful! It's, so I'm this so is this is just overcooked, overcooked not, not overcooked too. Right. But all the same, it's still overcooked. And as somebody who has not been able to play it yet, I am really excited. Those are two games that I guarantee you I will be snatching up immediately. Yeah. So, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a really fun time. And then Xbox Gold members, have you considered switching? I actually just uh, <laughs> pulled it up because I was like, okay, we need I to feel be bad fair for them. Because <laughs> so the games with gold for May, uh, they are, they are Marooners for Xbox One, Boo. Golf Club 2 featuring PGA Tour, Boo. Uh, and then we have Outcast Second Contact, Boo. and Earth Defense Forced Insect Armageddon. Wait, that one sounds familiar. We just talked about that one a couple, well, we've Earth- talked about an Earth Defense Force game in the moment with Mogan recently, we haven't featured it, yeah. and then I talked about playing the one that came out on PS3, oh. but this is a different one, but it's available for Xbox One and Xbox 360, so it must have been an older game that's now getting Those are out. four games that oh, I... Oh, one w- more Comic Jumper. Those are five games <laughs> that I would never think twice about, whereas PS Plus just has the two, and I desperately want them both. They're the and I will be able to get them for The PS free. Plus lineup has been fantastic lately. I know, it's just it's been great. it. <clears throat> Anyways, our 
clear bias towards Sony aside. Out now and coming soon. <laughs> it's because we use more, but I mean, there are plenty of things about Xbox. It's, it's Microsoft's own fault. They yeah. did it themselves. Uh, so on this episode's air date, May 7th, you've got The Legend of Heroes, Trials of Cold Steel 2 for PS4. Uh, on May 9th, coming very soon, you have Yakuza Kiwami 2 for PC. Also on May 9th, we talked about this last time, Life is Strange 2 Episode 3 yes. comes out for all platforms, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Uh, and then coming a little bit after that, on May 14th, we have A Plague Tale, colon, Innocence, for mm. PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Did you watch the trailer for that? No. It actually looks pretty cool. Well, a Plague Tale? Is it about, like, plague doctors and whatchamacallit? Yeah, it's like the Black Plague really? stuff. Really? Huh. It looks like you're this young woman who has to, like, uh, you're part of a royal family. If I'm looking from, I watched the trailer once. This is, like, what I remember is that you're this young woman, part of a, your family plays some importance to this. Like, I don't, I'm not quite sure if you're a royal family or just, like, maybe a baron or a lord or something like that. Uh, you get driven from your home in the, in the, in the, like, around the same time as the Black Plague because you're trying to get your brother out for some reason. I believe, I'm doing a terrible job of describing Are this game. Are you Anastasia and your younger brother is Alexei of the Romanovs? And he like no, his I don't blood think won't coagulate, and he's like a loser. Keep, I'm, I'm, gonna, anyway. I'm gonna look this up because now I'm doing a terrible <laughs> yeah, job. You look that I just up. watched the trailer and thought this looks really good. I, now I'm interested. But anyway, so on May 14th, what we're talking about there is a Plague Tale: Innocence, and that's for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Also on May 14th, Cetus Alpha comes to the Switch. So if you're not familiar with Cetus Alpha, if I'm not mistaken, sorry if I am. I believe this is one of those really cool rhythm games. Ooh. So what I've seen of Cetus Alpha, it actually looks really cool. So that's May 14th as well on the switch and then rage 2 also comes out on may 14 for ps4 xbox one and pc Okay, so I found the plot description. A Plague Tale Innocence follows the story of two siblings, Amicia and her younger brother, Hugo, fighting to survive during the first phase of the Hundred Years' War and Black Death. So that's huh. the conflict that I was thinking it was Hundred okay, Years' War. Okay, okay. Okay, so yeah. So I'm into it because of the time period, and I mean, it's the Black Plague, Hundred Years' War. It's hitting a lot, checking a lot of boxes That for sounds me. pretty looks, cool. What's the uh, plate style? Uh, third person. Third person action? RP? It looks more stealthy because it looks like you're actually like, I, I know there are there are combat from the trailer, but it looks like you, a lot of it is like you're just trying to like get around and be more stealthy, not alert and bring attention to yourself and your brother and all that. So okay. it, it looks like it has potential for some really fun gameplay. It, gotcha. looks, it looks neat. That looks really cool. I'll check that one out. It looks fun. So one more other news that just actually just came out like a two day, like a couple hours before we recorded here. It's May 2nd. In response... Whoa. And it's Polygon who broke this article. Oof. But in response to the backlash, and we don't normally talk about a whole lot of movies here, but in response to the backlash of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer, the director has come out saying he will be altering Sonic's design before the release of the movie. Which, which is interesting. It's interesting. Uh, so I don't know exactly what that entails for how much additional work they're going to have to add on right. to like, what is it they a, do. Because I mean, they're going to have to adjust... I would imagine it's they're going to adjust more than his face. His face, at least for me, is the problem. Right. Now, one of our uh, Discord people, Brandon, he actually had a really interesting comment that I liked. Um, he said that, well, you know, through adult eyes, sure, this looks terrible. Yes. But if you think about it from really what is the intended audience, which is children... They might see it very differently. Now, I personally can't imagine how they wouldn't see it as just 100% nightmare fuel. Right. But you never know. Like, kids' minds work in mysterious ways. But that still might be our bias of knowing what Sonic looks is supposed to look like. Yeah. You know, and still seeing that and just not being able to rationalize it. I will say, on my second watch through, and I watched it with Sam, on my second watch through, I was like, okay, 
second watch, this doesn't look as bad as I originally thought. Like Jim Carrey is actually like looks is going to be like the big selling point and like kind of see his return to mid ninety mid late nineties. Is he Sonic? Jim Carrey? No, he's oh. he's Doctor Eggman. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, ben Schwartz is, is Sonic. Gotcha. And James Marsden's in the movie too. Okay. That. So, but uh, but anyway, so it's it's interesting because my big question is, you know. I just wonder what the why they did choose to change him so dramatically. My 100% guess is that they're trying to keep up with this more realistic trend that um, Detective Pikachu is setting. But, but Detective Pikachu is blowing it out of the water. See, that's the thing. I think that they're... They, this is I'm just a actually total like guess. not Pokemon fan really at all. I am super excited for. Detective I mean, Pikachu. just a total guess. But if you were the studio making the Sonic game and you saw the positive reaction that people had to Detective Pikachu, you might be thinking, "Oh shit, that's what we need to be doing more of." But you could, I still like. You, I still feel like you could have the original character model of Sonic and make it look real. Like actually, I mean, I've seen it shared now. I think my brother sent it to me on Twitter. You technically don't even have to remember who killed Roger Rabbit. Well, yeah, they didn't try to make it look real they were like no we're just gonna have humans and cartoons side by side which, which that's what i'm saying like i don't have a problem if they would have done that but i just mean as far as changing it up to making it look like because here this is what my brother said a side by side of like the what it is in the trailer and then an artist's rendition of like making sonic's video game form fit more into the movie and, see, and that I, doesn't look bad at all so I that's what i don't much better i do too so yeah. I, that's what i don't understand and video people will put this in here don't worry uh, audio people switch over to that video, youtube.com slash C slash team chat podcast. You can check out this out and see what we're talking about here. But yeah, so that like that looks realistic. Looks like it fits completely into the, into the movie, just like this one does in its style. But this is more modeled way better and closer to the Sonic of old. And I just don't understand why the change. I mean, my very not brutal opinion, but my firm opinion is that the one on the left there, which is the current styling of Sonic, it just looks like a guy wearing like a spandex suit covered in blue fur and then with a super oversized Sonic head on it. And it just, it doesn't, I think it does look really terrible. Um, I, I am, you know, one hate to pile on the hate, but I think the current Sonic looks atrocious. It's a, it's an odd situation because it's kind of weird that they caved. Yeah. Actually, I'm a little surprised too. Usually I feel like when this kind of stuff happens this late in the game, you're just kind of all in, like you're already invested. So it blows my mind that at least they think that they have enough time to go back and make what I would assume are such radical changes. Right, because what if, too, they still try to like alter this but don't go for, totally for the original Sonic look and people still aren't happy? Then yeah. it's like, did you just make a bad situation worse or should you just roll with it and let the movie stand on its own merits? Yeah, I don't know. I don't we'll know. have to see and wait when the movie comes out. But now I'm kind of like, I want I kind of want to see it and maybe we should review it or something. I don't know. We'll would sneak be, in. Be interested Let's in sneak that? in so Ooh. that we don't have to pay for it. <laughs> and then, we'll just, and then if we get caught, then we just go like, I gotta go fast! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, maybe we both like dress up as Sonic. They'll just let us in oh, for yeah. like we'll hype be... for the movie. Ah, there we go. I want to be Knuckles. Okay. I always like Knuckles. He's Knuckles my fave. You want to be Shadow the Hedgehog? He's be. an edgelord. Ooh. He's the Genji of Sonic. Boom. I'm done. <laughs> That's a, that, 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 that seals the deal for me. <laughs> that makes sense. All right. Well, let's move on to our main topic, which a month and a half-ish later, we're getting around to our final Review. Oh, actually, like two months it's later. Two months. Two months. Yeah. After. Okay, so that's not too bad. I thought it was a lot longer when I began. It feels like our forever. review of Anthem. Our final wrap-up review of Anthem won't be the last time we talk about it, obviously. But 
just to bring it all to bear because we did our first impressions and now we've got we've each gone through the main story we've played the end game things we're not totally done and like completely leveled up on everything but we still have a solid enough grasp on what the game is and what it's going to offer and what we're looking forward to and what we're not as excited about to be able to finally wrap this up and bring a conclusion to it so let's begin then with kind of just a brief overview of what this game is so anthem came out february 22nd 2019 and was available for PS4, Xbox, and PC, developed by Bioware and, and Motive Games and published by EA. The director was Jonathan Warner. It was produced by Mark Dara, Michael Gamble, written by Drew Karpishin, Jay Watermaniak, and Kathleen Rootsert. And his music was composed by Sarah Shackner. So, those are the people behind this game. And now, what is a brief like overview story of this game? So, the say? brief overview story of Anthem is that you are unnamed protagonist freelancer. Yes. And a freelancer in the context of Anthem is uh, you live on a planet that is Earth-like, but it is definitely not Earth. Bastion. Bastion, yes. Uh, so it has all of these lush environments, and you get the sense that humanity's hold in Bastion is fairly established but constantly in peril because the lore of anthem is that thousands of years ago however long ago uh the shapers which are basically the gods of the lore of bastion mm-hmm. uh had all of these things called relics and relics were basic, basically their technology that they would use to control and literally shape the world uh the relics are controlled by something called the anthem of creation which as far as i can tell is just this amorphous energy it's just energy that has to be harnessed in some way and that's what the shapers did blah 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 the shapers disappeared now humanity has you know mostly settled itself into bastion but they're constantly having to deal with uh the anthem of creation basically running wild Mm -hmm. and triggering these ancient shaper relics to create cataclysms which are basically natural freak phenomena that f up the real world like they literally reshape reality in ways that it's not supposed to be reshaped be that environmental changes like you know it shifts in how weather land, like, patterns put weather patterns a mountain like suddenly springing up or something or how it's more often presents itself in the game is creatures being created and spawned yeah it's like spontaneous combustion but in a very organic way mm-hmm. uh so basically the current state of the world is humans are at this stage where it is a very sci-fi like world but they don't necessarily have ai they don't really have like microchip technology every Everything is very manual and mechanical, albeit advanced. Right. So the way which that, I love that feel. Yeah, I do too. I think I really like that like scrappy kind of we're just barely hashing it out out here kind of feel. The world of Anthem, I love. Oh, like, I do that's too. Definitely one of the things that I think is a big plus. Uh, so as a freelancer, what that means in terms of like categorization is you and all the other freelancers pilot javelins, and those are, for lack of a better term, your Iron Man suits. Right. So that's what you get to jump into to go fly around the world and shoot stuff and it's the best well we'll talk about it more you can go, like we talked about it and expounded on it basically any other time we've talked yes. about anthem but we'll touch on it a little bit more so in, in addition to the freelancers who are basically like good guy mercenaries mm-hmm. uh, of the world of bastion you also have sentinels which are like the nerds they're like the librarians no they're the cops yeah they're Sentin- the cops. sentinels are the, are the like, yeah they're like the they're like the losers army, yeah the, the established armed force of <laughs> They're the police. What a bunch of rule following. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, hate those guys. They're not the bad guys, though. They're just the Buzz Killingtons. Uh, So you've got the Sentinels. (laughs) That's what they are. So you've got the Sentinels. They're basically the police and the 
order of Bastion, I suppose. Yep. You also have, um, what are they called? The Arcanists? Arcanists. Which are basically like your magicians, right. for lack of a better Mages, world. kind of Yeah, like they that. investigate Scholars. like shaper technology and kind of how it's more magical than anything mm-hmm. else. You also have the main antagonists of the series in the form of the Dominion. Right. So the Dominion are also humans, as far as I can tell. They just happen to be from another outpost of humanity that comes from the northern regions. So they're kind of their own thing. Think of it like Canada versus, I don't know. The great terror of, <laughs> the great terror of Canada versus the Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two I've picked. But the Dominion also, like, the Sentinels are very much a, you know, they're comprised of, of humans, and then the, the Dominion is also of humans, but they also have have monsters and beasts at their at their disposal like you'll, yeah. they have these like frost hounds or something these you get the feeling that the dominion might be really good at like bioengineering yes because i think that all of these weird creatures and new technologies that they have access to i think that they made all of those i think, so too. I think that they might be a Harness little bit the more anthemic creation yeah, or some relics to be able to create some stuff they're maybe not more advanced but they're advanced in a different way that mm-hmm. poses a threat to the rest of the world of bastion so right. the dominion bad guys for lack of a better term you the freelancers and everybody else you're the air quotes good guys right so and then there are the other well the other two uh like fat or yeah other two factions really are the are the scars which are like an insect alien race and then there are the outlaws which are just rogue rogue humans running around uh and then there's the chimera which are the bugs yes yeah yeah that you have to fight a lot of too so basically the main driver of this is at the very beginning of the game first first mission and we're not going to go super in-depth on the story and all this stuff if we do come up with spoilers we will let you know before we say it i know there's one point we are going to talk about later on but we'll save it for later yeah. on where we want to discuss a key story moment um but we'll let you know before that happens but so in this case i am going to talk about the first mission here a little bit it's literally the very, it's literally it's the very beginning it's the, it's the kickoff exactly yeah. where you enter this area on bastion known as the heart of rage which is there's a big cataclysm happening there a big force of the anthem of creation is being set off and you try to go there to stop it and repress it so that whatever this mass event doesn't actually take place and in there you run into these th- group of three titans your whole attacking force is just crushed and destroyed you barely make it out alive with your buddy halleck and your cypher fey which we need oh cyphers so those are the people who um who basically are the aid to the javelin pilot so they have a like a a, a Sixth Sense, I basically I would almost call like it. more like a psychic link. Yes, yeah. much better term. Sixth Sense. <laughs> call that a this Sixth Sense. Effort. You know? But anyway, they have that link to the world of Bastion, and then to an extent, if they get close enough, potentially the Anthem of Creation. Yeah. And so they kind of help be your eyes, looking out for enemies, potential jobs, or they help you maintain your suit, look for things, areas of interest, and all this other stuff. But so the main thing is you go to this heart of rage, you barely make it out. And then that kind of like goes through a dark period for the freelancers where they failed in this big monumental task that was supposed to be people, keep people safe. So that's kind of like, you need to still want to shut down this heart of rage because it's still just going on. But then yeah, you also like, need to what, rebuild. Five years on? I think Three so. Three to two, five? Two, it's something yeah, something like that. that. It's a few years after the first, le- the, after the first mission, it takes a time jump. And so you need to like rebuild the freelancer reputation because you lost the people of Bastion lost a lot of faith in you. So that's basically what the game begins. And then as you go through, you realize that the dominion is hunting the anthem of creation for their own nefarious purposes led by the monitor. Yeah. And so, that creates the main, you know, the 
the reason why you're playing, you know, the, the plot device of what you're going after. And so you do this through completing a bunch of missions and which finishes up your main story. But then there's also lots of different, different ways that you can play, uh, primarily through like going playing through strongholds you can do free play which you just fly around the world and do whatever you want I there like free I do too I like free play a lot <laughs> there's contracts that you can take from other characters which are just some little side missions and stuff like that and then obviously and then there's either after you complete the game and do some other things you unlock in the in-game portion you can do legendary missions which are harder versions of the main story missions and there's even some quick place you can jump in quick in and out now this game is multiplayer only and there is no PvP anywhere. It's always like you're playing only against the AI. You're playing with people. You can be co-op. You can play solo. You can play co-op. But you're going. But you know you're never going to actually be fighting another player in Which this game. Which I personally like. So I, I kind of I'm, like it, and I kind of don't like. I the one thing I will say is because the one comparison that I really have close because they are similar games is Destiny Two Anthem. And one of the things I did like is whenever I got tired of running around of doing world stuff where I wasn't playing against other people, you know, by either doing raids, strikes, or just replaying old missions or its version of free play. I could, if I got tired of that, I could always jump into the multiplayer and, and do some good old team death match, you know, capture the flag, d- domination, different stuff like that. And I kind of miss that that's not an anthem. See, I feel not enough like... Where I don't, where I think it's a huge knock against the game. I just kind of wish it was there. I mean, my opinion on that is that there are so many other games exactly. that fit that bill. There's yeah, literally that's what I mean. no it, reason. I'm not missing it. And I feel like it's more of a trap when a game that isn't, truly meant to be multiplayer tries to still do a multiplayer mode mm-hmm. it's more of a time suck and a waste because you're like wow why does it even have like with the tomb raider games yeah why do they have a multiplayer yeah, mode multiplayer? you don't need them i agree like that's my opinion is oh, that like good, why would you point. have that it's clearly not the point of the game that's true that's a good point that is a good point on that and so you basically go through this world and like you said too it's all about you know it's an rpg so you're going around you're collecting loot through by completing your missions you pick up items you can pick up crafting things that you can use to then craft better gear for yourself and all this and we're what what i guess would want to i've been talking what what do you what are you what are your thoughts so as far as i don't want to rehash too much because we already talked a lot about it really in depth during our first impressions episode but for people so, who might not have heard to that, briefly let's... recap for anybody that hasn't heard that the main draw of the game for me does ultimately come back to the actual gameplay yes same so in terms of the javelins which is your iron man suit there are four main categories there's the ranger aka the most boring one um there's the colossus probably Probably the second most fun one. There's the Interceptor, the most, most fun, fun one. one. And then there's the Storm, which I don't know. Maybe it's fun. It's like I've I've seen it, you know, messed around with it a little bit. It's it's uh, it's good, but you know, I, I like I like that it can hover more. You know, it has like the big like the orb shield and all this. It has more of the elemental attacks and all that stuff. You get That's to fly fun. a lot more as the Storm. Yeah. But my big my number one is Colossus, and I think yeah. will always be Colossus. There, this game, I will say has never made me feel more like a tank than any other thing that's supposed to have tank characters. You finally feel like a real tank instead of just that you're dying all the time right. in front of your weaker... <laughs> exactly, because you're supposed to be the cover. Like I actually feel like I'm providing very good cover, and very strong cover, and I'm just a powerhouse on the field. I am all Interceptor all the time, and I'm very weak and small, and whenever there's a Colossus on my team, I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> but the Interceptor is so cool. The Interceptor is so fun. The Interceptor is the most fun the, one. I, would say, I think it's for me, it's Colossus, Interceptor, Interceptor Ranger Storm. Oh, you think the storm is the least I like fun the storm. one? I like the ranger a lot. Okay. It's 
it's I know it's the base, it's what you start off with, but I don't know, I just like the feel. That's the one thing I will say about the javelins. Even though there's only four different ones, each one feels different. And to be fair, when you, play as it. you know, you may be looking at them and thinking, wow, that's not a lot of options to choose from. But in terms of the customization yes. and what you can do with your sub weapons, your primary weapons, and your um, strike weapons, I yeah, think Yeah, your what support called, weapons and the You ordinance. can really make a super customized loadout for each of the javelins, mm-hmm. not just you, in, in their own respective category, but across categories. Well, and, and even where, in the forge, you can, yeah, you exactly. can create five different versions of yeah. each of each javelin. That's so. what I mean. And that's something that I think is the draw of the game for me is that even if you're just doing one category, like if you're just doing interceptor, you can still customize so many loadouts that you can go into a mission feeling totally different mm-hmm. and using very different play style than what you had used with your loadout a or whatever. Right. Uh, as far as the types go just to very briefly recap, recap uh the interceptor is very light and fast very melee based um not exactly a tank the colossus is your big tanky guy he's got a huge shield blast through anybody the ranger is your normal dude he's an equal balance he's your sword and shield user basically equal balance of both and then the storm is basically your mage because it can wield fire and ice and fly around longer right that's the most base explanation I can give of right because again we could dig really super deep yeah. into this but I don't know if anybody wants to listen to we don't, all that we don't need to do that we don't need to, we don't need to keep everybody that engaged but the, that is the thing I think for me is coming out of this is yet and what most interested me in this game when it was first coming out is the javelins and flying around because it feels so good. We've talked about that. The, the taking off, you know, the jumping and then launching and activating it's your engine. so smooth. It feels good every single time. It does. It always feels good. And then when good. you hover around and you're just like blasting enemies from the air, but then you can drop down and like with the Colossus do a slamming move into the ground as, a, as your melee when you hit to like create this shockwave. And it's so cool. He pulls out a shield and can just charge on the ground through hordes of enemies and they just like get knocked out of the way. Because I have the component on my javelin that gives 300% damage to shield. So like when to shield attack. So when I'm just like charging through, I'm just mowing, mowing people down left and right. And it feels so it's damn very like good. cartoon physics. I feel like it is. It very much is. And but I say that in a very good, good. No, I say that in a good way because I love cartoon physics. Who wouldn't want that? Right. And then each javelin too, along with having some of these other abilities that you can outfit, such as like, like for the Colossus. Cause I know better. You have your ordnance launcher, which is like a siege cannon, or you can change it out to have all these different things, a flame. You can use like flamethrowers, Shot coils, lightning coil, uh, acid thrower, and then you can even have with some other. I'm trying to think of all the other ones like flat cannon. It's kind of like a, mat, a massive shotgun. Um, there was a flat cannon. Flat uh, cannon. Yeah. Oh, I just said flat cannon. Yeah. But what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but no. But it's basically like yeah, a big massive shotgun is what it's called, or a barrage mortar that fires lots of little tiny rockets. A big just rocket. It's so many different things that you can customize with this gear, and you can combine it. But then each javelin has then an ultimate ability which charges up through gameplay and charges faster depending if you're able to get like combos and all that stuff which we'll get into here in a second but the ultimates are awesome because they really do feel like ultimates like you can't be damaged it'll reheal your shield and your health if you're if you've taken any damage but then when you launch that sucker well, launch if you're the Colossus. It's not a launch for everybody. Initiate. Initiate. Be your ultimate ability. <laughs> I know what you're talking because, about. <laughs> because the Colossus just rains fire down from the skies in this massive cannon that just, it blo- the explosions fill the screen literally of fire and ash and the screams of your enemies. 
every time that happens and I'm not the Colossus, I'm like, what is what? I feel very scared. You feel like it should be hurting you, but <laughs> yeah. no, it's your enemies who need to be scared. The ultimates feel godlike. They do. And I love they really it so do. much. So, for example, if you're the Interceptor, your ultimate is that you just become extra fast. You are all melee. You get like these two big arm swords and you just get to dance through the crowds and slice them to bits. And it feels fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's a good time. And, but so the other cool thing that is added into this and the combat of the javelins is what I just mentioned, the combos. And it's a combo system where it's like, depending on your pairing, of what you have with like your support gear or your ordnance launcher, you can combine them. Like say, what have I been, what's the most real reliable one that for me that I've got to work is I think I use my shock coil, which starts, uh, sending out sparks of electricity, arcs of electricity to like shock people. And then if I'm rolling at the same time as I'm firing that, I can have my flamethrower and be sweeping through people that activates a combo. Cause it's like an explosive combo is what it calls it. Right. I've also been using the firewall mortar, which basically just this is what it sounds like. You shoot it in this huge, like enveloping wall of fire. And then I can still use like the rail gun, which will cause another explosion. Nice. But so not only will your own move set off these combos, but say one of your teammates launches ice and then I launch an explosive fire combo at it, that'll set off the combo. So these combos can be set up and triggered by you and in tandem with and combination with your teammates. So it creates, when it goes off, it says like combo, like in like, it makes this really defining sharp uh, sound effect. And so you really, and then like has a big boom and all this. And so it really makes it feel like a really cool event, especially when it happens. And especially when your higher power javelins taking on lower level enemies and you start launching combo after combo after combo, and you just see the really X, good. the red X's of your enemies dying. It's just, You're just like, yay. It's like, <laughs> yes, we are the all powerful. It, it is. Javelins. I do feel like this is something that I've had really hit or miss experiences with because sometimes if you're just dropping into any mission and you're with randos, mm. I feel like it's a really split bag of whether or not you get with a group of people that have the same mindset that they're going to stick together mm -hmm. to like set up these big combos versus people that go off in all directions. Right. You're like, okay, so we are technically in this together, but not really. Right. We're not so working, I feel we're like sometimes, yeah. So I feel like sometimes you have that really good feeling of the teamwork, like really clicks and everybody's using combos off of each other and it feels great. Yep. And other times I feel like that's totally not the case, yeah, which is same. just luck of the draw. I feel like any online game is going to be like that. But with Anthem, I feel like it's almost 50, 50 for me, but, it's also, I feel like, again, that's part of the fun is because I honestly, it's, it's legitimately like Forrest Gump. It's like a bo box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. With and what even if you are alone, you can still make it. Mm -hmm. Like you, you, oh, yeah. like you have the ability to survive without your teammates actively with you all the time. Right. They can help and it feels better to work as a team, but you don't technically need them right. unless it's for something like a boss. Yes. And and then even then bosses can be beaten solo as well. But that, but that's what I mean though, is that you never know what you're going to get. And that's part of the excitement that you never know. Like, are you going to get a squad of just Rangers or all this? And you a don't know, like just Rangers, what a boring squad, <laughs> but you know, it is fun when I have played on squads that had one of each, cause you can only have four people in the yeah. squad and I've had ones with four of each. And that's been really fun to play and to see how the gear and the move sets work off of each other. But then I also just today earlier I was playing and I was on a squad of only Colossus. That was probably, See, that sounds like a fun squad. It was amazing. It was really good. We were just rolling over Talk about everybody. the difference between the all-ranger versus all-costus squad. Yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. That's like the scrub team. We were slow. <laughs> 
but damn it, could we lay down some oh, fire? Oh, man. Can you imagine, like, a more slow yet scary, like, unit coming at you? Yeah. Because you know they're going to get there eventually. And when they do, you are boned. Oh, yeah. So let's, we've talked about it a little bit. So let's talk a little bit more on the customization side and of, of how you can affect both your loadouts and your appearance. And this is one of the areas that, again, is a positive but also kind of a negative as well for me in the sense that the most of the, the bigger customization really takes place in your gear. So it's your guns along with the support gear that you get to use that we've already talked about a lot. And as you go through the game and you get better gear, you can level, you can't level up that gear, but you can, as you progress and get higher as your player level, you'll start finding like epic items or ma- you know, legendary items, masterwork items there. It's just normal, common, uncommon, epic, rare, epic, Legendary masterwork. Is rare blue? Yes. Yeah. Epic is purple. Legendary Gray, is green, yellow. Green, blue, purple. Yellow, orange. Yellow, orange. Okay. Yeah. Or gold, orange. Right. Something like that. Um, but yeah, so those are the different types of, cla- of things you can get. Those are classes of w- gear or weapon are the, are the same across all this stuff. So like right now, I have all epic stuff right now. Yeah. And so I'm trying... And you're pretty high getting, level, aren't I'm you? A two, I'm a three... My Colossus is a 357 right yeah. now. So he's only, an, he's only still a rare Colossus, technically. But I mean like your in-game level. Oh, in-game level, yeah. I am 26, I believe. Which is pretty far along. 30 is the cap right yeah, now. Yeah, so 30 is the cap. I think I'm like 20... Two. Twenty two. So yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely not quite as high as yeah. you. And so I I think that maybe you're getting at the drop rate problem. Mm, I don't know. I feel like I am starting to, I'm st- well, it, I will say so far it's been fine because I will say that, that I was getting a lot of just like greens started to hit a few blues and it's like, man, when am I going to start getting my first epics? And then I got a couple like drops of epics. I'd get like epic items and started getting epic, uh, Epic embers, I believe, is what they call the crafting the crafting oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, material. The embers that you need yeah. to make better stuff. And so I kept getting some of those. It's like, all right, all right, all right. And now they're dropping all the time, but still with a, a fairly consistent mix of even some white screens and blues still. So, but now I'm starting to be like, okay, when am I gonna get start getting my legendary stuff? Which I yeah. feel like has got to be just around the corner. I'm almost about to cross the ranking in my gear score ranking from rare to epic. I'm like getting very close. Well, so is it possible that you are not like super aware of the massive anthem problem with the drop rate? I've heard of it, but I haven't necessarily feel like I've experienced it myself. So this is probably, maybe it's just that you're, both of us are not quite high enough along to have this be uh, like the bane of our existence. But I will say that one of the overarching problems of Anthem that the community has been very vocal about, and that we know that Anthem, excuse me, Bioware is trying to fix, is that at the high levels, like if you've beaten the game, you're in post-game, you're really high up there the drop rate for epics versus legendaries and masterwork items is abysmal. Really? To the extent that... So this is something that happened pretty recently. Um, If you're not really into Anthem, you probably wouldn't have known that it happened. But Bioware, here maybe a week ago, I want to say about one to two weeks ago, um, as of this episode's recording date on May 2, they decided to do a stream uh, of one of the new strongholds that they were just about to put out for Anthem. And actually, Mm -hmm. I think on the day that they did the stream, the stronghold in question was actually already out. Yeah, I think they just released one with with the most recent patch at the time of this recording. So the... 
kind of hot topic in Anthem is that when you're at the higher levels, you don't really have the time or energy to be sifting through crap items. Mm -hmm. So people will like open chests, for example, and like instantly run away from them to see what they drop before they accidentally go in and touch any of those items. It's called the purple rain. Because if you open a chest and all epics come out and you're like, Cool. See, okay, it's so all stuff not, that I already had. So. I must not quite be there yet because, yeah, I'm still enjoying getting all the episodes. So this is actually something that happened on stream. Like, it was two of the main developers. Oh, wow. And they were doing the stream, and I think they had their moderator with them. And they were the ones playing. And, like, they kind of were dancing around this chest to be like, okay, who's going to open it? And one of them was even like, oh, just open it and run away, run away real fast. He didn't say why, but it was understood why. Right. So that's what the guy did, and they all kind of retreated, and the chest did exactly what people are complaining about where it spat out all epics and like there was this really awkward silence <laughs> like none of them because it's a really like inflammatory topic in like the anthem community mm-hmm. is that people don't want these items that they clearly have no use for and the drop rate for those higher level items the legendaries and masterwork items is so low that people are getting very legitimately frustrated about it so there was this big awkward silence on the stream uh, people were like you gonna say that the purple rain just happened and they basically just glossed over it and like kept going and nobody said a word about it I mean, and it was very one. awkward probably so the i mean move, the the thing is though that that it probably was the best move yeah. but the thing is that like it clearly is a problem if it's happening to the extent that even on your own streams as developers of your own game, yeah. it is happening to you also. And even you don't want those epic items. They right. didn't go get them. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's a legit problem. Yeah. So I, it's not a problem for us yet because we're not that far along. But if we ever did get to that point, I can imagine that it would be infuriating See, to not be able to get higher level items. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm With sure. Especially as you're like trying to build out a complete masterwork javelin, like mm-hmm. f- full of only masterwork items. I can understand how that would be. But see, for me, if I just how kind of I play with these loot shooter type games, if I hit the level cap and I have masterwork, like I'm going to be like, okay, like I can wait now and put this game on the shelf until they come out with a new bit of content for this. And so, so I don't know. I don't foresee that necessarily impacting me as much, but I, st- I could be completely wrong when I actually get to that Maybe. level. Maybe. Like I said, we are not to that level yet. Who knows? We might not think it's such a big deal. I'm just saying that from a community perspective, it is a big deal. Right. So to circle back around then, so you have all this customization and, and upgrading. That's like your, what, you know, as in typical RPGs, it's where you can pick your weapons and all that different stuff. And there's a pretty good selection of weapons you can have. I'm kind of feeling that I'm, I've already kind of picked my favorites. Like, I love the auto cannons. Like, right now, I'm using the Mauler. I've either switched between the Torrent and the Mauler for the auto cannons. And then I usually will either have an assault rifle, like the Hammerhead, or the Vengeance shotgun, I believe, or Scattershot shotgun. Those are, that's the one, those are the ones that I kind of gravitate to. And so it's interesting that not all Javelin types can use all weapon types. They like can't? as a Colossus, I can't use like machine pistols or heavy pistols. You're kidding me. Yeah. I actually did not know that. And Ranger, I don't think can use like, I think interceptor might be one of the only ones that can use uh, machine pistols. Huh? Cause I, I, I use the machine pistols all the time yeah. and I love them. But the you're, playing as it, you're playing as an interceptor though. So <laughs> yeah. I actually, I didn't, I did not know yeah. that. I just had, had never occurred to me. Whoops. The <laughs> grenade launchers are pretty fun too. I ran into one of them though. was like, you had to fire it and then you had to hit your, left trigger 
Oh, to, like detonate to detonate them. Oh. And I used that one for so long. I was like, what is this piece of crap? And didn't realize you had to detonate it still. That's really funny. And they funny. kept auto detonating like 30 seconds after I lost them. I was like, what good does that do? But I That's finally figured it out. Really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I bet your teammates were like, what the They're like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> like you throw scrub. them right into the enemies and then it just doesn't and go just off. Doesn't and they're like, bro. Like, what's up with this? But no, so it's, That's really they funny. really, they give a lot of different customization there that you can go with a lot of different ways to play around and figure out the best loadout for you, which I love really doing. The other part of this though, which is the negative here is the slight negative is then the customization of your appearance. Now this does have a very basic creator character creator for your the javelin, javelin pilot for, you. for the pilot yeah. uh, being at the very beginning of the game. You can choose face shape and like skin tone and all that. Uh, but then the main character customization comes in creating your uh, creating the javelin and like putting decals using what materials and that's really like it's in depth yeah, of what you is. can do. I will say though the one kind of bummer thing about it is that that I'm missing from especially from other Bioware games is that I'm really missing. It's cool to get support gear and weapons in loot drops, but I'm missing getting armor. I'm missing getting helmets. You know, in different stuff like that, uh, along with the weapons. And th- like in Dragon Age, that's what would happen. You could open a chest and you're going to have like, you're going to find like this really cool helm or chest piece or shield, something like that. And the ch- depending on what support gear you're using, those do mildly a- affect the aesthetics and look of your javelin. But for the most part, you can buy different armor sets because the only microtransactions in this game are cosmetic. And you can get those from a store, which is cycled out. I believe it's every two, Weeks. maybe two days. I think. Two days, yeah, really. They they cycle through some new con. They cycle through and have new stuff available for sale. And I bought some. Like you can buy some new fabrics or like patterns to put on your on your javelin. You can then also buy like completely new armor sets, which I've bought one. I bought a new one. I can't remember now what it's called. Not ironclad, but um, but anyway. But then you can mix and match. And since I had gotten the Legion of Dawn. Collect, uh, edition of the game like i have legion of dawn armor so i cool. when i when i open the game so i could i could have some customization things that i different but the main custom so that is the thing like i kind of miss that because the the only they wanted to have that as like the microtransaction of being cosmetics i miss that cosmetics note don't drop in game and that kind of and that kind of bums me out that i never would have thought of that in a, I'd never had that thought. So once this, while is it, the fir- this is one of the That's first. This is one of the first times I actually was kind of like, oh yeah. Huh. I don't like that. That's a cosmetic. Like I've no, I've normally been like, you know what? That's not my thing to normally go buy a ton of cosmetics and do all that kind of stuff. So if you want to, you know, that's kind of been my view of it. Has been like, I'm okay with it if it's what you want to do. I don't necessarily choose to do it. But here's a game where I'm used to having the ability to change my look for the loot drops in game, and now it's like behind a, pay, a paywall, and I'm kind of like, mm, no, I don't like it. I see. Okay. So that's kind of a kind of a knock there. But again, it is fun to check in at the store and see what they're offering because I did pick up a cool uh, material that was dragon scale. Oh, and so I made my glosses look sweet. fully dragon scale. I like the hexagon one, like the honeycomb one. Oh, yeah. I did. Uh, so I mixed for my interceptor. I mixed the dragon scale for his like for the like chest part. Yeah. The but under... then the main like the main part of the breastplate of yeah. the interceptor and his and the helmet. I put the Dominion he- the hex that the honeycomb nice. one. It looks so good, I and it's it looks golden really white. Cr- Ooh, fancy! You yeah, you should. That sounds really f- it's, fancy. It's, it's fancy, <laughs> but yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot of fun there. So that's like a, a, a kind of a drawback. 
Um, let me look through here. I'm kind of looking through my rest of my pros. Any other pros that you have? Pros or cons, I guess. Pros would be that I actually do really enjoy. Uh, I, you know, I talked about it a little bit already. I just enjoy the world of Anthem. Mm-hmm. I actually really like going around, uh, what's it called? Fort Tarsus. Yes. I like going around Fort Tarsus. I like the place of Fort mm-hmm. Tarsus on its own. I enjoy talking to the NPCs. I like getting all of their little odds and ends opinions about their lives. I and have think, the dialogue options. Yeah, nice I think too. like the dialogue option, uh, the dialogue options and the characterizations are actually done pretty well. Animations are great. The animations are great. The voice acting is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really nothing about the actual character interactions that I would say is super lacking other than maybe some character developments that happen in the end game that I was like, well, that's not quite where I was hoping this would go. Mm -hmm. But even then that's just like a personal opinion thing. So in terms of the world building, I really like what they have done so far. I do hope that they eventually do more with it, which I think is all of destiny as they release more dlc and, and other in-game content for it like i'm sure well, that'll be fleshed out at this moment that's another slight drawback for me is that the lore is there and they're trying to make and they present this deep history especially with general tarsus and all this and the good that she did for bastion and i don't know it's it's one of those things like I need a little bit more before I f- totally buy in that this is an uh, like this like uh, like freelancers are supposed to be this awe inspiring force. Granted, when I'm playing as my Colossus, yes, I feel awe inspiring, but still like the, the it hasn't quite set it up enough for me yet. So, do we want to segue then into like the spoilery? Territory? Well, so I'm, I'm trying to look through my cons real quick. Let me let's run through con some of these cons that I have. Oh, cons, um, the load times. Yeah. Load times are very long. Before we jump into spoiler, yeah, we'll do yeah. this one spoiler part because, yeah, I want to address some of the story hit points and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Biggest one for me is, yes, load time. the load times are still bad. I'm even, I'm not on a PS4 Pro, but I do have an upgraded uh, solid state drive inside my, my PS4, and it's still slow. They are still very slow. And, you know, crashes have been few and far between for me. I've but actually it's, never gotten crashed out. I had one happen today, actually. Oh, bummer. And it's kind of the thing. The game is super fun. I enjoy playing, but the low times, especially on start, are bad enough that I'm kind of like, okay, I guess I'll just be done. Yeah, like sometimes I'm like, I want to go to the forge, but if I do, I have to sit through another load screen. So I'm kind of always trying to play around that thing of like, do I want to go do more customization and waste more of my time in the load screens or do I just want to spend those load screens trying to load up another mission and just hope that my current loadout is good enough Right. because one of the cons I think is that you can't change your loadout conveniently without going back to the forge well now though uh, that's, that's what I was going to touch on is that at the beginning yes it was that way that yeah you had to you, if you wanted to make the smallest change to your javelin you had to go to the forge which was a load screen fortunately now they fixed it oh and really yeah and now you can actually go to the forge while in mission you don't have to just return to Fort Tarsus and you can does it load screen you though no Really? It's, a, it's immediate. Huh, I don't I know why it was behind a load screen before, but now you just go to the, you like hit the center button to pull up the map and then you just tab over and you're at the forge. I rescind my commentary. Then. But still, no, at the very beginning, <laughs> at the though, beginning, it was, it was brutal. It added a lot of different stuff. And I mean, we've talked and touched a little bit on it with like loot drop stuff, but I mean, we can't ignore the fact that it had a very rocky launch, like between yeah. the server issues, even during the beta and then even that were still somewhat present at launch. And then to the big reason why it's taken one of the reasons that it's taken so long for me to finish the main story and to get to the point where I was felt ready enough to do a review is because of the bug that was causing it to brick PS4. 
fours. Literally, I was a, legit scared to I play mean, the game. A console breaking bug, and you know that's just the big one that got all the p- publicity. But the game does have its fair share of bugs, and by fair share, I mean quite a few. So it's pretty buggy, and I feel mm-hmm. like if they're going to continue to make progress with Anthem, and probably what they are doing is working out the bugs to then try and work on all the other complaints that people have. Which brings us to another bit of news that came out within the last week also on this that uh, let me pull up the right tab here. There it is. Okay, so uh, Polygon came out with another article on April 24th. Bioware delays Anthem features, including its Cataclysm event. Anthem's 90-day roadmap gets an update by Michael McWhorter. Uh, so yeah, so basically they're, they've admitted this Bioware has come forward and said that, yeah, we realize there are these issues. There's some quality of life thing, stability. It's primarily points out in this article game flow. The creators have said that, uh, quote, we set aside time for this work, but the reality is there are more things to fix and improve than we plan for. Bioware said in an update posted to the game subreddit quote, while this is the best thing to do for the game, it means some items from the calendar will be delayed. Uh, so those features that are being delayed from, are mastery system guilds, legendary missions phase two, weekly stronghold challenges, leaderboards, free play events, and like the big event cataclysm. So I am totally on board with that though. Like, yes, let's fix these little issues. What do you, would you say is like the biggest bug that you've encountered other than like a crash is a pretty big bug, but like, what would you say is like the one thing that's kind of affected? Well, it's not even really a bug. It's just that the couple of things that are quality of life things that I've really not enjoyed are the load times. Mm -hmm. I also hate the like cap on how many items you can store like in your vault because that means that, and this is tied into the loot drop system is that if you're constantly having to acquire loot that you do not want or need, I feel like the game should have some sort of auto sell feature where at the end of a mission, if you get a bunch of gray gear that you don't want, you don't need that crap. I feel like it should just naturally cycle it out and exchange it instantly for scrap. That would because be good. I feel like the game should kind of know that if you're a higher level character, you have literally no use for those low level items. Because even if you say, like I did, pretty much play the whole game through as Colossus. Throughout playing that, some of the loot drops that you'll get will give you gear that fits universally for all javelins. Yeah. So even though I've just now I'm really starting to play with the other three javelins, they're already very high level. Like they're rare. Yeah. They're rare level because I can already drop so much stuff into them to make them that high. So it's nice that at least you don't have to feel like you need to go start from scratch. So yeah, that would be nice if maybe instead of like a per item salvage, you could have a button that's like salvage, like sort by rarity, salvage only common items. Yes, you know, something that like would that. be amazing. That would be really cool. That's or a, yeah. like you're saying, don't even have them drop at all because why? Right. Or just reduce the drop rate. Just reduce it for those super low level items if you're not at that level. Yep. So those are really kind of my main complaints. And then really... I will say that although the gameplay is very fun for me, I do wish that there were more diversity with the enemies that you fight. I do too. There's not And I'm hoping enough. that comes with with DLC updates and, yeah. and this, I mean, this roadmap content that they're talking I'm about. I'm sure that they will eventually do that, but for now, it can feel really repetitive uh, from mission to mission, just going up against waves of scars, yeah. maybe the occasional Titan if you're lucky, and then like Dominion 
peons, Demi- whatever and outlaws called. and all that yeah. different stuff. Yeah, I would wish for that too, especially or maybe even world. Like I have really enjoyed getting in free play and just doing world events, and because the world events too, those are normally if you because in the daily challenges, there's one challenge a day that will give you an Elysian key, which an Elysian key opens up an additional cache at the end of a stronghold mission, which gives you. So far, it's given me like additional crafting or not a craft. Yeah, some crafting materials, but also some fabrics some patterns, some decals and vinyls and stuff to put on and some, so there have, okay. So I take back some of my complaint. There has been, I have received items from Elysian caches that can alter the appearance of my javelin, but I haven't gotten armor pieces that can alter my javelin. And maybe I get those later, but from what I can tell, those are purely cosmetic. Yeah, the things I feel that are like you wouldn't cosmetics. get those. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's a feature. Um, the only other really big thing that I've had a big issue with is I feel like the map is very difficult to navigate. I love that it shows your flight path. Yeah. But if you're in free play, there's there needs to be a better system for setting a waypoint marker. I think so, I get too. so lost yeah. all the time. Honestly, like I didn't think about it, but I also tend to accidentally circle back to places I have been before. Like, I know it's got north, south, east, west on the little compass at the top, but somehow I still get turned around. It happens to me, too. And that part part of that might just be that the game does have so much verticality to it that that you feel like you've made further progress than you have when in reality you've only gone up and down and then you landed, like, back in the same pond where you started. (laughs) And you're like, huh, this is confusing. (laughs) But yeah, it's happened to me, too. (laughs) I do, talking about that and the verticality and landing in a pond, I love the fact that in some areas you can just like dive straight into water. I wish it was used more. Me too. They, one of the more, they I will really say hyped it up Yeah, and then they didn't use it quite as and much as I was hoping. You can't shoot underwater. So like, yeah, let Give me, me shoot a harpoon. Yeah. I think that their next javelin cool. and maybe in the DLC should be like a mer person javelin. And maybe they are like one of the strongholds does focus a lot. There is some water sections that you can go through, but again, you're not fighting enemies that you're just traveling. Yeah. And like, yeah, I would like some underwater combat. Me that too. would be cool. Um, but yeah, so I think my other cons are now kind of story based. What's that thing? So, a spear gun? Yeah. Give me a spear yeah, gun. That sounds that'd awesome. Be cool. <laughs> that'd be really cool. Some like really underwater cool. monsters that we have to fight and stuff. That'd be tight. That'd be awesome. So let's move in then to some story stuff. So this is going to have some spoilers. So if you don't want to hear this stuff, jump ahead. Uh, use the timestamps in the description. Jump ahead to another part of the episode. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so the one overall without getting into going too deep because we're already kind of going long on time here, but what is your overall impression of the story? So in the beginning and talking about like the backstory and the lore, I really like all of that, Mm -hmm. but I feel like the actual story that happens when you're playing Anthem winds up ultimately feeling very light. Yes. So, you know, if you get to like the mid game, you're feeling like, okay, things are building up. I kind of like how this is progressing. But then when you actually like, cross that hill and you get actually into the end game you're like this isn't all of it is it because it feels like part of my biggest complaint is really with the final boss Mm -hmm. uh the monitor has no what is his motivation yeah why should i dislike him He's, He's trying got, to, to to grab the yeah, power of the heart has, of rage but he has the most bland villain motivation of all time just wants power to be able to wield it. Why? Why do you want that? Because the anthem, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to reshape the world? Exactly. Monologue at me, bro. You're not telling me any of your plans. And as a result, I just felt like he was such a, and all the monologue he does do at you is to like, try to get you to join him. Yeah. And it's like, 
No. Yeah. What? It felt like a very wasted space of a character. Yes. And I feel like he had a lot of potential, mm-hmm. but just he went nowhere. Even the final boss fight against the monitor, I felt like had potential. But I soloed the final mission on hard. And I think I died once. Not even against the monitor. <laughs> so that ju- that jumps back to a previous discussion that we've got multiple times. Did you fire and die? That's happened remember. to me a few times. I honestly don't remember what sometimes killed me. I stay probably, on fire for too long and then I die. <laughs> I sometimes overestimate my strength and like land in this huge mist of scars or or dominion, and then I get overwhelmed. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> done messed up. It's very embarrassing. But, but fortunately, I was solo, so I was like, I'll just respond. Nobody saw that. But still, I don't know. It it just felt kind of an empty victory kind of thing. And then even... Okay, so this is a very spoilery thing. I think you're going to say what I think you're going to say. How the monitor died, actually. It's so stupid. Stupid it's as It's so fuck. stupid. So this is kind of one of my bigger complaints about the story is that you as freelancer blank... Trevor, you're my favorite character <laughs> named Trevor. Let's just call him Trevor. So you as Trevor, freelancer protagonist, your whole setup to your story is that your old friends, Holok and Faye... Which Holok's cool. Holok like is cool. cool. Uh, He's very Faye cool. Is really awesome and Faye too. is really cool too. But I kind of always felt like I really wanted the story to go in this different direction of, yeah, they were your team two years ago, or however many years ago, but they're not anymore... And I wish that the game actually hadn't spent so much time repairing their relationship. But did it really spend that much time repairing their relationship? I mean, because like what it problems did would do, arise and then be fixed by the next cinematic. They would be. So they but what what I mean by that is just that it placed them in the foreground yeah. as your primary yeah. allies. Okay, I gotcha. And that's what I was kind of hoping wouldn't happen. I wanted them to be more of like your exterior tension for there to always kind of be like a simmering below the surface kind of thing with them mm-hmm. in favor of your new buddy character that I love, Owen. His story takes quite a turn, and he winds up not only not really being your true ally, he actually at one point becomes an antagonist to you. But one that you never have to interact with. Even Yeah, exactly. So there is at this one point, we won't go super in-depth about it, but at one point, Owen blatantly turns on you. He tries to join the monitor. Like, he tries to defect and go to the other side. But because he doesn't have XYZ skill or information that the monitor wants the monitor like gouges out his eyes well, right yeah, like burns his eyes yeah, out oh, it's something. like something gross so like he blinds him and then basically he comes crawling back to you as this like eyeless repentant guy somewhat and I humble felt, but like still gonna do his own thing and i felt like all of that was so confusing because i was like why would you have owen turn on me and then not actually be an antagonist. It was such a weird shift. Because it literally, I feel like, his betrayal happened two missions later. He's already coming back to you saying, like, hey, man, I screwed up. Yeah, like, it was so fast. It was like, okay, he's gone. You don't know what happened to him. And then he's back, and you never fight him. You never have, like, a big blowout with him, and it's just like, why would... Why is this even part of the story? Right. Is all I could help but think. And I was like, so not only am I stuck with Halleck and Faye, no offense, but like. But now you don't even have Owen, which in our first impression, we loved Owen. We love Owen. I loved Owen. So I was just like, man, this is like mega bummer town. And And it was just not where I was hoping things would go. And his reasoning for why he even did it, it's because Faye and Halleck come back. He's been your cipher, which is how he's. And so. 
Oh, that's going to go too deep if I bring up that part. But anyway, it's like he has been your cipher and helps you on all of your missions. Faye and Hallett come back. Faye is a cipher, was your old cipher. And so, you know, in your pursuit of things, you kind of, you kind of push Owen to the side, but not really. He really wants to be a jab, uh, be a javelin pilot as well. But you're like, you're not ready. You're not ready. And so it almost becomes like he throws a tantrum and is like, I am ready. Let me pilot. And yeah. that's like his whole reason for betraying you. And because he's like, the monitor will let me be a pilot. Well, jokes on you, dude. The monitor burns your eyes out. So, right. I mean, it just feels like not even it. What's the opposite of development? Regression. regression. It's character regression yeah. instead of development. And I was like, wow, this there, is. Super lame. Yeah, and it wasn't. I felt like the payoff for his betrayal and what how it affects the story was not worth. No, the, it actually. Even I don't happening. think so either. So. Maybe it will be explored again more in later I editions. I hope there's to the a game. DLC where you get to go find Owen some new eyes. There we go. I'm assuming he can still see because he's a cipher, and oh, like sure. he still pilot around and do yeah. stuff because he's a cipher, and does have that. You know, Psych- what'd you call it? Psychological link. No, psychic link. Psychic link. What's Sorry. What's wrong with you? I don't know. <laughs> I've had trouble Whatever. talking Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> stuff. So yeah, it's like, again, and it's very similar to Destiny in that regard too. They set it up as this story is supposed to be very deep and expansive and you're just going to be like, there's all this lore and there is the lore, but still how it gets delivered in the story, you can tell they're just trying to get you to the in-game stuff. And yeah. this is just like, well, we need to have something to set up this story. And it, I don't know. It, I felt like it, it, I really wanted more out of the story. I did too. And I will say that kind of the monitor and the dominion in general, I just felt was a really weak sauce villain because I I love the idea of like the shapers, these old gods, mm-hmm. their basically essence still being what humanity is so desperately fighting against. And I kind of wish that they in and of themselves and the legacy that they left behind were the actual thing that you were fighting against, not necessarily other humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it might just be a pet peeve of mine, but I feel like when it's just humans v. humans with all this other power grab stuff in the background, I'm like, I've seen this story before yeah. a thousand times. Yeah. Give me something that's just a little, a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it just fell into too many predictable pathways yeah. or even when it wasn't predictable bad just bad pathways yeah, yeah absolutely well, to circle back around like when the monitor actually you do you don't actually deliver the killing blow to it's the so monitor stupid. it's so dumb and another slight thing that annoys me is so the monitor you like defeat him in the fight and he like crawls away then all of a sudden halleck and Faye in a strider which we haven't talked about but strider are like these big they look like mechanical what's, horses kind what's of that tauntaun thing What's what's the thing from Tom's on Star Wars, but that's Star a two-legged Wars. creature. No, the big thing that's like white and it goes pew pew and it's got like the legs. It's like oh, the AT AT. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Those things. Yeah, they, it looks very similar to that. But like, and there's apparently what they use for transport vehicles in in on Bastion and everything. But you never actually see one move in the game. Yeah, which I thought was kind of weird because except how cool... for at this very end. Oh, sorry, go ahead. And oh continue. no, I was just thinking how cool would it be to like have to do escort missions where you're right? literally flying around like a moving Strider and you have to like keep enemies off of that them. That would be so cool. that would be kind of cool. <laughs> but all the times you interact with one, you either start a mission landing on, on being on the top of one and then you take off from it or you like do some things around them but they're always stationary. Except for in this very last part, you like defeat the monitor in the fight He re- and he's like trying to crawl away then all of a sudden out of fucking nowhere... Alex Strider comes and basically just like crashes into him and smashes him in against a wall. And you're like, how did this thing even get here? You were talking about it being broken down and not working. How like what? It just made no, it made sense. no sense. And I feel like it also robbed the player yes. of being able to like, 
steal the final Man, the more blow. I talk about it. I'm kind or, of not liking the story as much. It's, like, it, it's not great. I feel like the more you talk about it, the less sense it makes. And it's just like that final battle was such a train wreck. Yeah. Uh, it was too bad. It was too bad. So. I wish that you could have like tried to like woo the monitor. <laughs> <laughs> you want those romances in there. <laughs> those I know. romances. I, hey, but, that, but seriously though, like in other Bioware games, that's been a big component. I know, right? Why couldn't I woo Owen? Why couldn't I woo? Who's that? Matthias, I love that oh, yeah, guy. Matthias I was like, cool. hey there, the Matthias. <laughs> Look at What's up, Matthias? I think it's yeah. Yeah, Matthias. God, what a high. I like, I, like, I like Matthias a lot. Yeah, why couldn't you woo Halleck? Yeah, woo well, fame. I wouldn't have wooed Halleck. I would have been like, both of y'all get away from me. I'm y'all are my ex-boyfriend up, and girlfriend. Matthias is my new boyfriend now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted. <laughs> so, any other story beats that you weren't necessarily? I mean, I feel like those are my by big complaints. I don't yeah. really have any uh, any others of the story well, stuff. So, one of the things that I actually really did like. And this isn't necessarily story element so much as this lore. So the Legion uh, challenges, like the tombs mm-hmm. that you have to actually go through to eventually be able to unlock like the end game content. I just thought that was a cool feature of the game. Yeah. I liked the very RPG-esque element of having to go to these four different tombs to get XYZ thing to be able to go do XYZ other thing. That's the kind of process that I feel very familiar with right. from all of the other RPG style games I've played and I really enjoyed that process. Mm. I just wish that it had actually led to something yeah. in the end that had been a little bit more satisfying. Which again, I feel like it's the thing with these loot shooter games like this. They're setting it up because they want to be able to drop more content later and they're, you know, a yeah. games of service thing. Like there, there's going to be more content later. So maybe these questions will get filled in, but it is, it's almost like an episodic game in the sense that like you finish it and you're like, I want more right the, now the and i feel like is, there should be more yeah and i feel like the risk with that is that by the time the additional content does eventually drop which it almost certainly will mm-hmm. if you've already lost such a huge chunk of your player base that the that just the adoption rate really isn't there yeah i feel like it's just setting yourself up for failure yeah, i agree so who knows when the eventual uh DLC content does come out. Maybe we will circle back to it, but also maybe we won't. Maybe we will. I have probably will. I'm mentally I'm, tired. Of I'm it. into it enough still because even though the st- I will say even though the story like I did not enjoy enough. That's how fun the gameplay is mm. though. That I'm still that invested. Like oh yeah, I want to keep playing because the gameplay of it is phenomenal. At least they got that right. Oh yeah, which I mean if they hadn't God, <laughs> oh I God, been, it would have been so, so much worse. <laughs> They got one thing really, really well, and then everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So the one th- I think one of th- I think we kind of wrapped up all that stuff. So if you've had uh, earmuffs on, we're done with spoilers. You can you can take you can take them off now and listen and jump back into the show. The one last thing I did want to talk about, and of course we'll we'll roll into it into our soundtrack spotlight. But of course, and we've talked about it before in our first impression, the soundtrack by Sarah Shackner is incredible. Once it's again, really she good. has done outstanding work. Again, go listen to her work on Assassin's Creed Origins, and I like the fact the fun. That she got like two different chances to do a v- different versions of sci-fi. Like she got this historical sci-fi with Assassin's Creed and was able to blend like the authentic Egyptian music and themes into this more sci-fi electronic sounding score at times. But then here she has uh, she has Anthem, which is also sci-fi, but more in a like a open frontier. Yeah, you know. Not quite Star Trek, Star Trekky way, but it's like this. It's more like this this advanced frontier Wild West feel to it. Yeah, and it do, and she does a really good job, a great job of capturing that in the music, especially with just like the the Legion of Dawn track, which is what we're gonna f- we're focus on in our soundtrack spotlight, is just this very 
like starts off like a slow kind of brooding feel to it and it grows and you feel this like this power behind it that this legion of dawn represents and you'll find more of that about that what the legion of dawn is in the story uh basically this old army that was led by general tarsus in the day in the history of bastion as like the strongest warriors and so you get that strong sense of that and then it will build especially in tracks like valor where it builds into this very bombastic like you know uh epic not processional, but just like loud trumpets. And it, you, you feel it's the, what plays when you finish an expedition or a mission. And it's right. like the, the victory music and it feels very victorious that you've done this great thing. And then I still just love that she included a didgeridoo. Yeah, for real. It's so cool. It's, so and it's such a great pick for the soundtrack. Like, and I huh, love it so much. Interesting. <laughs> it's great. And it's, it's really, really good. So all of this said, with what we have, I know there's still like in-game content and stuff that we still need to play. We, you know, some different things like that. But where it sits right now, what would you rate? What would you give Anthem? I'm so 50-50 on it. I honestly might say 5 out of 10. Really? Just because I feel like that's the most accurate way that I can indicate that I am really neither. Like, if you asked, would I recommend it to a friend? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. It strongly depends on the friend because I feel like for a lot of players, it's not going to be a good match. For some, it might be, but I honestly don't think that I would recommend it to most people. Okay. Most people that don't play loot shooters, that is. If you're a big fan of the genre, sure, go for it. But most of what I play is typically not loot shooters, and I feel like you should just wait it out. Uh, Wait it out for whatever additional DLC comes, Mm -hmm. and then once it's mega on sale, try it. Yeah. Uh, but at this time, maybe save your money. Maybe wait a little yeah. bit more for a little more content and stuff. So, Because I will say, I was surprised when after the demo and stuff that you you were like, oh yeah, I like this. I'm going to buy oh, it. Oh no, I really, I love the feel of it. Oh, yeah, I yeah, really yeah. do. It's just uh, the more that you do play it, the more I've seen some pretty glaring errors Issues or, or lack of content, I'll, right. I'll say. I'm thinking, after thinking about it, Yes, the story stuff, and I feel like we did rag on the story pretty hard, but I mean, it, it, it had its issues. It had its <laughs> issues. But I think for me, the gameplay elevates it enough. I think I have to give it a, a seven. Okay. A respectable seven. Yeah. It's like the gameplay and the mechanics are there that once after, I feel like after a little bit more fine tuning and a little bit more cor- course correction on where they want this game to go, it could be stellar. And so that, it and, I, and already with That's this, with thing. this gameplay is already has its stellar moments. I yes. love activating my ultimate blowing through playing solo or co-op. It's a fun time. So my, my requisites for Anthem to become an amazing game. One romanceables. It's my number one thing that I want in the let game. Let me go back and romance. Owen. Let me, let me get Matthias. <laughs> <laughs> Just give this to me Bioware. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I want Romanceables. I know it's really not going to happen, yeah. but I want it. It's on my wish list. Uh, and just more actual story development that isn't like a one-off and then they instantly undo it. Right. I want story that actually matters. I I, that's really, points. that's my that's my sticking point. Better loading times, uh, better loot drop Which I'm system, sure just hopefully and over more story. Patches over patches, that gets better. Oh God, that, let's hope yeah, so. <laughs> I hope it does. I hope it really does. So that's our review of Anthem, and we hope that you have enjoyed this deep dive into this game. And, you know, of course, we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinion on the game as well. Have you picked it up? Because you're like, no, that's dumb. Have you picked it up? And you're like, I love it, and I want to talk about it more. Well, we would love to talk about it with you. So send us us a comment, drop us an email, anything you want to do. Find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Join our Discord. We can talk about it there. 
and all the different ways. Oh, email us at tjpodcast.gmail.com. Lots of different ways you can get into contact with us and let us know your opinions on Anthem. But as we're bringing this episode to a close, we do have to do our soundtrack spotlight, which, like I said, we're going to feature music from Anthem, specifically Legion of Dawn by Sarah Schachner. So listen to that after the close of the episode, which is now. Until next time, everybody, I'm one of your hosts, Jared Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all in the next episode. Stick around for the sun.